So hello and welcome to another Rebel City shot. This will be the fourth or fifth one that we've done of these and I'm really enjoying doing them. Just we short 5, 10, 15 minute versions of a podcast where I get to talk about something that's caught my eye. It's interested, Matt gets to talk about something that's caught his eye, but we don't necessarily want to do like a full podcast or it might lead to a full podcast. But any content's good content for us um, in the realm of doing the podcast and uh, I so I just see some stuff piques my interest I'll take some notes on my phone and then come and have some thoughts spew on a wee five ten minute version of a podcast uh, Matt had covered this and I just wanted to take one to it a wee bit more what I speak about outrage and anger and also cancel culture I think we've seen a few examples of this in action the last couple of weeks um, and I've been talking to a lot of people about this and also been thinking about it in the context of training to become a mental health professional so when it comes to outrage I think first of all I need to sort of no define it because I don't consider my, my opinions to be a definition of anything, but talk about the different types of outrage that we've been seeing and how it fits and hopefully get people thinking about how it fits in with them as individuals. There's, there's personal outrage and what I mean by that when I'm talking about personal outrage is, say for instance, you're at a family dinner and somebody passes a comment either about the way you look, something you've done online, whatever it might be. Say, for instance, let's just hit a very simple one because it's, I think it'd be very easy for people to understand this type of outrage. That the family member that, say, for instance, says, you look like you've put on some weight or you're looking tired or whatever it might be. And that gets people's back up and they're outraged that how dare somebody speak to me like that or how dare they pass comment on my weight and that's sort of what I would say is personal outrage in the moment and you might react to that. Now where does that stem from? I think that it definitely stems from ego and ego needs to be kept in check and also it stems in shame so for me I've been a bigger guy um, I was 22 21 22 stone at one point in time and I'm now a healthier 15 stone I'm six foot five and as I say as I psychoanalyze myself this is me <laughs> with my shame saying I wore it well as a six foot five guy, 22 stone, 21, 22 stone, I wore it well. I did carry my weight particularly well, but um, I have been bigger, so I know what this feels like. And ultimately, your outrage at that type of personal attack, and put that in air quotes, like aggression, microaggression, whatever it might be, that stems in shame. And that means that if you react emotionally at somebody passing comment in your weight, then you're ashamed of your weight. And that could stem from 
the inability to keep your weight down, not being able to stick to a diet, shaming that comes from social media and mainstream media in general, but ultimately it is stemmed in your own personal shame. So in that instance of outrage, I think the individual needs to take a bit of responsibility. That might come as a shocking to some people and some people might actually feel attacked by that, but ultimately you're responsible for your own condition. And unless you've got something that's underlying, medical or mental, which I think a lot of overweight is sort of mental, mentally um, prohibited or mentally enabled, then you should just sort out to, to deal with that shame rather than getting angry at somebody passing comment at your weight. I mean, I had people do the same thing to me when I was bigger or when I was gaining weight, especially my dad who would always comment that I was getting fat and I would mainly just kind of want to go, fuck you, who the fuck are you to tell me and blah, blah, blah. But if it wasn't a problem, then I wouldn't be having that kind of reaction. So in that sort of instance, a personal shame, you kind of need to understand why you're having an emotional or an emotive, if we're talking in sort of professional terms, an emotive reaction to somebody passing comment like that. If somebody passes comment on your clothes or the cleanliness of your house, I know this is another one that I've been talking to people that triggers them then maybe you've got some kind of underlying shame associated with that. Now, that's not to say that you're ashamed that you don't keep your house clean. So if your house is dirty and somebody comes in and says that your house is dirty, then maybe you should just clean your house. But I've definitely met people that their parents have shamed them when they've been kids or teenagers at how dirty they are. Or I mean, I remember particularly my mom licking the toilet tissue and wiping gunk off my face at like four or five-year-old after a lot of day at school and telling me that I was bogging. Now, for whatever reason, I've not took that to heart and not really gave a shit. But there are people out there that absolutely take that to heart and it becomes a bit of an issue. And so instead of being outraged at people that are passing comment, I would say that the healthier thing for somebody that considers themselves a progressive or for somebody that just wants to be in healthy relationships with themselves and others is to sort out that shame and maybe go back and reevaluate, question yourself, like, why? Why did I react like that? Don't know, maybe if that fits in with anybody or if anybody wants to understand why I'm saying that or where my point of view is coming from or stemming from a professional um training and mental health then by all means like we can have a conversation but I would say that the healthiest thing for anybody or any individual to do in that circumstance is to sort out the shame the second sort of outrage that I sort of broach is outrage culture and how this differs now I think the stem or the root of the, the outrage within a culture is the same it's personal shame but it's enabled by 
I want to sort of fit in and be accepted. I was talking to my girlfriend about this and we had quite, I, I've, I've actually had people say, maybe you talk to your girlfriend like this, but we had a really in-depth conversation about outrage culture and the motivations of people and why does it, where does it stem from? And we had sort of came to the conclusion that it was almost a sort of, it started out as like a challenge, as a rebellion against what was seen as the patriarchy, um, maybe in the sort of startings of social media in the sort of late 2000s, rebelling against misogyny, let's just say like that, um, just to pick on one sort of aspect of political correctness or uh, outrage culture when people are being misogynistic or um, sexist. And it was a rebellion against that, but it's turned into this really horrible form of conformity and people that you can almost sense that they don't mean what they're saying are attacking people online because they feel outraged. The amount of attention that Pierce Morgan gets from the outrage, the outrage brigade, that was one of the things when you combine the two words there, a wee Sean McDonald classic, but the amount of attention that this guy gets from that outrage culture is incredible and he knows exactly what he's doing and he preys on it. But the the relation between the personal outrage and then the culture is, is that it could potentially stem in people's personal shame. For instance, if people see, if you go online, say you're overweight or when I was overweight and I went online and I seen somebody fat shaming now, I know that Pierce Morgan's done this. Uh, I've also seen uh, the likes of Joe Rogan, who's one of my sort of personal heroes, he's done this with the the plus size models on covers and saying that it uh, promotes obesity and poor poor health, which I disagree with, just on the premise of Pierce Morgan's a fat cunt and Joe Rogan takes growth hormones, so I don't know how much they can tell you about um, people's individual health, but. I would um, I would react to that emotionally because I was overweight and because I felt ashamed at my overweight. And again, I sort of bring that back to deal with the shame. Evaluate why you're emotional. Deal with the shame. And then if you're still feeling slightly outraged by it all, then by all means, trigger a conversation across the board and engage with people and why they think and or feel that having plus size models on the cover of fashion magazines is a bad idea. Now their outrage at the at the cover stems in their shame. So I would imagine for somebody like Joe Rogan, who's a fitness freak, the idea of being overweight would be out of the question. So if he was overweight, he would feel ashamed of himself. So again, it stems back to that shame and maybe he should take a look at himself, why he feels like that and why it triggers shame, maybe some trauma in the past. But I think the stems are the same, but the motivation is very different. So the motivation in the culture is to feel accepted, to 
and it ends up with conformity. Again, the rebellion is starting to happen on the right of political correctness and people are rebelling in the way that they go against everything that is PC culture and we actually see people attacking people for their diet online. Like If you are an open vegan online, you're probably going to get attacked by the right. Um, and the, the rebellion against PC culture... I think it's just a genuine rebellion. I don't know if it's stemmed in shame. I don't know. I've not thought about it too deeply, but I just thought I would throw that out there because I'm neither left nor right when it comes to this thing. Um, the, the anger that people express, I heard this great term of impotent anger. It is anger that they hold almost for themselves within that shame. And then they, they throw it out online to other people in like sort of attack mode against uh, their points of view. So how dare you think that plus size models shouldn't be on because they should be because X, Y, and Z. And they, here are the reasons, but the anger, I, I just love that, that it's impotent anger that is held for themselves and it stems again in shame and deal with that shame. And then maybe we won't be as angry. Um, there's an interesting sort of thought of when it comes to anger and shame and cancel culture online and in the world in general that if somebody is sort of strongly campaigning for something let's take a for instance um, the fascist right wing um, ideology in this country that has went absolute gung-ho for Islamic grooming gangs. Now, first off, do I would I acknowledge that Islamic grooming gangs do exist. Child abuse does exist, but it exists across the board. And what is particularly interesting in this and it also applies to politicians, because we've seen this happen before, politicians that sort of campaign against rights for LGBTQ plus people, and we're seeing the evangelical right in America come out in favour of pro-life and banning abortion, and to bring it back to the shame aspect, especially amongst the anti-LGBTQ plus people, we find out that quite a lot of the time that these people are actually gay and are having sex with the, the same sex. And so there's why they have this strong emotional response and want to campaign against rights for people that are like them, but like their shadow, like the 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 shadow aspect of their personality, the bit of their personality that they don't want anybody to know. And we've seen that within the... Um, fascist right where uh, within BMP uh, Tommy Robinson's sort of uh, hangers on and within UKIP we see that there is uh, an element of paedophilia that has came out amongst the supporters but then these people are campaigning for the end that, like to abolish these Islamic child grooming gangs now 
again, the cause is real and the and it's right that we should absolutely stop child sex abuse. But a lot of the motivation and the people that absolutely hunt for these and look for this outrageous outrageous stories and they want to tackle it and are out there screaming in anger. Now, people out there wanting to talk about it, want to campaign against it, nothing there. But if they are doing it in an angry, emotive way, then it could stem, and we've seen that it does stem in shame amongst this sort of, they're involved in some way or potentially have been abused and have not really spoke about it or broached it within themselves so therefore they get this angry emotional response now if somebody out there has been sexually abused and anytime sort of stories of grooming gangs or paedophiles comes up you get an angry emotional response i am not what i'm 100 not saying that that is not valid anger or impotent anger but maybe you should go and deal with that and deal with it adequately so that it's not becoming anger So, I mean, the only real other aspect I wanted to do a bit about cancel culture, but I'll maybe do that another time, is this outrage culture and anger that we see in society and especially on social media is causing a lot of all or nothing thinking. And we see that within, I would say, across the board but if we're talking about in the mainstream we see it a lot on the left and the um, progressives and if they can agree on let's just say 90% of aspects of somebody's point of view but as soon as they get one which is 10% it's like nah cancel it don't want anything to do with them can't speak to them and all or nothing thinking is a symptom of depression and mental illness and I'll just end this on a question with this type of all or nothing thinking, with us refusing to cross over and deal with people on the other side and hear their points of view, are we seeing societal mental illness? I'll just leave you with that question. <laughs>